to quote Winston Churchill, we're nearing the end of the beginning. The end of the beginning, if you care about better, faster, universally accessible payments and money, is to then ensure that the form of money that can be universally accessible is trusted, regulated, it works. I think we've done that. Welcome to Singapore Fintech Festival. It's a pleasure to be hosting our podcast, special edition from Singapore, from SFF. And we have a special guest. Um, Dante, tell us about yourself. The, we were just talking outside. The man, the myth, the legend. What was it, what was it you told me outside? Well, well look, I, I don't know if there's anything that is legendary, but, um, but so I, I'm uh, Circle's Chief Strategy Officer and Head of Global Policy. Um, happy to be back in Singapore. Singapore FinTech Festival is like the Olympic Games. Not only fintech, but digital assets and banking. And so, uh, apropos the subject, not in in the not too distant future, I'm on a big stage, having yeah. a debate with my friend Umar Farouk. <laughs> so, if someone had to know about Dante the Man, in a sentence or a couple of sentences, yeah, how would you, in third person, describe Dante the Man? So, you know, one, I believe, um, uh, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. Um, was the first in my family to get through high school or college. So wow. I, you know, I'm a believer in like wow. education and technology okay. can be back, great can be great equalizers. I take back my flippant comments about inclusion yeah. now. <laughs> can be great yeah. equalizers. Yeah. And uh, and frankly, you know, why bother coming to events like these is mm. because, you know, we have a lot of unfinished business to do Absolutely, in the yeah. financial system yeah. and, and all over the world. So so that's what kind of gets me out of bed in the morning yeah. on the personal level. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, at Circle obviously we're a company mm. whose own mission statement Mm. It's about raising global economic prosperity. Yeah. So at work, I get to do the thing that I care most about personally. Mm. So let's zoom into circle. Yeah. So let's assume some of our audience know nothing about USDC right. and circle. Give us like the very high level. What is circle? What is USDC? Right. Well, look, for the un- completely uninitiated, yep. remember the moment, and this might date me a little bit, but remember the moment you yeah. could take your CD collection? Yeah. And turn them into MP3s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still your music, yeah. but the fact that you now had your music in a digital format meant mm-hmm. you could stop, you could play, you could skip, you could forward, and then eventually we decoupled from the MP3 to CD journey, mm-hmm. and then your music was streaming, and and you had a different way of yeah. doing that with music. So Circle is doing to money, yeah, what that exact narrative has done to music. Right. That that the second you change the form factor of money, but it is still trusted, it is still money, it is still mm. usable all over the world, but now by virtue of living as a digital asset, it can be sent, spent, saved, and secured in a digital native way. Yeah. It's, a, it's a complete breakthrough. Um, and so USDC is uh, digital dollars, effectively, mm. um, usable, enjoyable through an open network of wallets all over the world um, in more than 191 countries. And let's unpack that a little bit more. So it's a digital dollar. Now, and for the sake of just being provocative, I have PayPal. I have my bank app, which I love. Let's just just, just run with this, okay? I have digital dollars already. What is this digital dollar you're talking about? I've I've got a digital dollar. Right. Well, first of all, congratulations. You won the postal code lottery or the national birth lottery, which implies that you had, by virtue of where you were born, access to a banking system. Yeah. 
But there's a whole other cross-section yeah. of humanity that yeah. if to be banked yeah. is about traditional brick and mortar, yeah. this is a test of my debate on stage, yeah. then I think we've actually fallen short. Much yeah. of the global economy and much of the banking system yeah. has reached a point of diminishing returns. Yeah. And so the point of these technologies is about extending the reach of trusted pathways to being banked, mm. trusted financial services for billions of people who actually don't have access otherwise. Yeah. And so most of USDC in circulation around the planet today yeah. is not on a crypto asset exchange. Okay. It's held by individual wallets. 75% is held yeah. off of crypto asset exchanges yeah. as a digital dollar store of value. It's held in a digital wallet. So yeah, as a store and, of value. And for our audience, just explain what that means. Like, yeah. How is a digital wallet that you're talking about different to, say, a well, PayPal and, and, wallet? And then to your question about yeah. PayPal. Yeah. So obviously, I know the team at PayPal quite well. They were okay. members of the former, the, the project formerly known as Libra, yeah. later yeah. rebranded as DM. Don't worry, you launched so, a so launched I know, Libra I know has well. launched a thousand uh, ships. That's right. Not yeah. only that, but it all it lost, launched a thousand central bank digital currencies. Yes. Um, and The uh, impact has been profound in the last five and years. And now I'm finally reconciling it. The, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the interesting thing, though, it should yeah. stand to reason that when PayPal itself yeah. An established global payments company mm. was looking to future-proof its own platform and to ready PayPal for yeah. the world of open payments. Yeah. Payments that leap over the walled gardens and payments. Yeah. That it's not surprising that they turn to the stablecoin architecture mm -hmm. as a way of ensuring that PayPal can remain relevant in a world where you and I might want to yeah. interact with one another. Yeah. But we want to do so without asking for the permission yeah. nor the forgiveness of closed payment networks. Yeah. That's a breakthrough. You cannot do that without blockchain ledgers mm. to re record transactions, and you simply cannot do it without the architecture of stablecoins. So we welcome PayPal's entry, mm. but the view here simply is, is it really your money if you have to ask someone to spend it and you have to pay someone to hold it for you? Mm. And so device-centric money is what digital currencies, stablecoins, and this sort of wave of innovation mm. is all about. And in a way, it's the 21st century version. It's, it's blockchain-based. What you're doing, it's like we used to have banknotes, and even before that, gold coins and bronze coins and silver coins in our wallet or in our house, on our possession. Um, this is the digital version of that, and the blockchain enables self-custody, having a bearer asset for good exactly. or bad. Now, you're about to go on stage in a few minutes, uh, and you're leading one of the teams. Um, our dear friend Umar's on the other team, and the debate is <laughs> great guy, by the way. Um, but the debate is about stable coins versus tokenized deposits, or have, right. I think tokenized deposits have now been rebranded as deposit tokens, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, in that long debate you're going to have, summarize what are going to be your key talking points, like why sure. why you're in camp stablecoin, and what do you think Team Bank or right. Team Tokenized Deposits going to say? Well, well, a stable coin by any other name is still a stable. Coin. Yeah. And the only way it would actually become a digital bearer instrument yeah. that entitles the holder to redemption at par for a dollar mm. is if it is able to exist on an open network. Mm. And so let me ask you a couple of questions and by virtue Ooh, the audience. Is this, is this allowed? Let, let, me, let, me, let me slip the script. These are rhetorical questions. Oh, okay. So good, you don't good, need good. to answer. You just need to nod. Look, yeah. Number, yeah. number one. I, I can do number, that. Number one. I've been doing that for a number one. many decades. <laughs> number one. Yeah. Would you like a deposit token issued by Credit Suisse or Silicon Valley Bank? No. Why? 
he put you in. Let, let, and just and I know, and I know you're a banker, so you have to be careful. But but the answer is no. Why? Yeah. Because the balance. I think of myself as an analyst, but it's okay. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. That's the hardest job. That's an oxymoron, no? That's the hardest job. Yeah, yeah. That's the hardest job. It delete this. No. <laughs> <laughs> so. The reason yeah. why you wouldn't want that to yeah. pretend to be a stable coin mm. is because a bank's function mm. is credit creation, lending, leverage, risk. Yeah. Asset liability mismatch is the feature of a bank. Yeah. And so a stable coin issued by a bank, you can call it a deposit token or whatever you want, Pedante. would effectively be the representation of the asset liability mismatch of the bank. You say Credit Suisse and Silicon Valley Bank, but... I mean, how many stable coins have been everything but totally. not stable? And this is, by the way, incidentally, yeah. not to suggest that the current product categories are perfect. I mean, we even had, even USDC had, that we weekend had, when oh, I know that weekend I mean, quite well. It was it was. I mean, it, how much money could we have the, made intraday had we bought it USDC? It was the crypto equivalent of the Cuban More. missile crisis, right? Okay. Everybody, the morning after. Who was JFK in this story? <laughs> Every everybody. Is that everybody, Jeremy? <laughs> right. Everybody. Uh, after a mini yeah. crisis becomes an expert on the crisis, yes. but, but the people who have the experience of managing yeah. it are the only ones whose opinions actually matter. Right. And so while while USDC had a secondary market depend, yes, the product yes is a real world financial product, mm -hmm. which means that in the real world, Circle's fiduciary obligation to protect the right. obligation of redemption at par yeah. at all times was always guaranteed, which yeah. is why over the weekend, yeah. remember, crypto is fueled by crypto FUD, not on this particular discussion, no, because you guys are serious, yeah, yeah, and this broadcast serious. is serious, yeah. um, but crypto is fueled by crypto FUD. In the real world, our obligation to redeem at par was always maintained, and over the weekend, we produced communications that were direct, that were transparent, the likes of which most of the banks and most of the payments companies could learn from, uh, and the DPEG on secondary markets was closed, uh, from a low of 88 cents to 97 cents on the dollar. But at all times, the ability to redeem at par is a real-world uh, obligation. It's a regulatory obligation. It's a legal obligation. And that's what a stable coin should be. I'm going to kidnap the conversation away from from <laughs> the debate. Thank you. The pre-debate. Put me in front of an right? analyst. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, he's he's a tough customer, yeah. but he's a gentle soul. I can I promise he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Um, you know, I couldn't have done 80 podcasts with him if I, you know, if, if I'm losing track. That's how yeah. that's how nice it is. And you're still on speaking terms. It's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to rethink myself now. But seriously, kidnapping this back into real world product. Yeah. There are a lot of our listeners out there that are aspiring entrepreneurs or there are people out there who want to understand how they can benefit from yeah. what you're offering in the yeah. system. You're already an established player in the market. You're a leading player in the market. Yeah. There's a long way to go. We know this. Yeah. It's not it's not done. You you have yeah. a long road ahead and you're, you know, ready for the fight. Yeah. But what can people expect because you're yeah. sitting in North America you're sending the message globally. You're here at Singapore FinTech yeah. Festival. How do? What's the trickle-down effect for products and services to I, I people and people, yeah. say, in the MENA region, let's yeah. say Middle East and Africa? I love the question. What can they expect? I love the question. So, so I, think our, we, I think, to quote Winston Churchill, we're nearing the end of the beginning. The end of the beginning, if you care about better, faster, universally accessible payments and money, is to then ensure that the form of money that can be universally accessible is trusted, regulated, it works. I think we've done that. 191 countries, trillions in activities. The next step 
is, is if you don't want people to merely be beneficiaries, but builders, is you actually have to enable them uh, to catalyze a wave of fintech entrepreneurialism and investment where people in sub-Saharan Africa and Latin America, across the region and Middle East and Asia, yes, they all may want access to the digital dollar, but they all may also want to be builders of their own wallet environment, of their own fintech startup, and, and, and lower the fundamental cost of access to money and payments. So it's a human right. And so what we've done on the, on the technology side at Circle is we've actually turned an entire category of our core business into an open world available product category, which is our Web3 services platform. Anyone, anywhere with basic internet development skills can build a Web3 enabled wallet. We're rolling this out across the region. It's an open source technology stack. Anyone, anywhere. We, the reason USDC is a multi-chain product, we're on 15 blockchains. Why? Because we don't want to be in the business of picking winners and losers. We don't want to be in the business of creating exclusive walled gardens that benefit Circle only, but don't benefit the rest of the world. So this open architecture and payments is a pro-growth, pro-entrepreneur, pro-consumer, pro-small business, pro-financial inclusion innovation. We're putting our money where our mouth is. And so we've developed an entire Web3 services stack that you'll hear more of and see more of all over the world. That enables people not to get low-cost payments, but to build wallets, services. And, and I think we could trigger a fintech revolution, uh, not unlike the type of energy you see here at Singapore Fintech Festival, but in all of the places in the world that actually need it. Remember, 50% of the world's population has a domestic hyperinflationary currency. So why is the dollar America's greatest export? Because it's a trusted currency, it's used everywhere. You could find Coca-Cola and the US dollar under any shade tree anywhere in the world, and that's, a, that's an export product. Thank you. Know, it's super interesting that you say that because the way we started this whole conversation was about, if in effect, what we use as programmable money yes. in a lot of way, right? We're talking about how you're taking, you know, the CD and digitizing. We're taking your dollar and we're digitizing it, right? Yeah. But unlike music, you're in a heavily regulated space, so no you you can't no move doubt. as fast as unfortunately the internet does. No doubt. With Web three and the metaverse being that the way it is as a global stage. How are you approaching this as a global product and service, phase by phase? Is it no North America first? Is it global first? Yeah. That's the question, really. While the dollar itself is acceptable everywhere for consumers, yeah. entrepreneurs, businesses alike, in a regulated entity and zone like you are, do you see an evolution of deployment of this yeah. adoption happening through different geographies yeah. that you're able to work with on a template? Is there yeah. a template? Or is it just first come, first serve to what you can do? So it's a great question. So as we know very well, tragically, so much of the crypto industry and its regulatory and market reputation has been defined by the very worst actors and the very worst products. We've learned last year, not all stable coins are created equal. This time last year at Singapore FinTech Festival, I asked the audience to chat with me, show me the money. Because if you're relying on promissory statements on crypto Twitter or the trust of individuals and superstars uh, to, to provide for credibility of your product. And many people have learned the hard way. And who paid the heaviest price? It wasn't the crypto whales. It was a small holder who relied on the promise of fear of missing out or DeFi being an alternative to Wall Street. In short, there are no shortcuts. Circle has played the long game. We're a 10-year-old company, which by crypto standards makes us a 100-year-old financial firm. USDC is a five-year-old innovation, and throughout 
the winters and the ice ages and the ups and the downs, it's durable and it's trusted and it works and it's bankable and it's audited. Why? And, and, and this suggests how we go to market broadly around the world and make this universally accessible. Um, if you want to be banked in crypto, you need to be bankable. If you want to be trusted in crypto, you need to be auditable. And how many firms in our space continue to labor under the very, very basics of moving beyond trust but verify and actually being able to have sort of a rigorous financial institution? That's what we're building for. Now, how do we then go to market? We have a channel strategy. We have something we recently announced here in Singapore known as the Circle Access uh, Program. It's about creating liquidity and on and off ramps around the world. So the banks themselves are the beneficiaries of this type of operating model as opposed to the banks uh, being disintermediated or losing out. Uh, then the Web3 services platform also enables fintechs and neobanks to sort of fast track their entry into uh, digital currency and digital wallet enablement because technologically the tech is the easy part. It's the integration, the coordination, and the value chain that all has to work in sync. If you want this to be usable by billions of people and you want to support trillions of real world activities, you can't pretend that this is just a, a, um, a disruptive technology. It actually has to be about convergence with traditional finance and banking. Um, no shortcuts. There can't be because it's regulated, unfortunately. Yes. But two or fortunately, right. two questions, and then I know you have to, to rush. The then first, I gotta, go, I gotta go beat up Umar and colleagues on the stage. Well, you got, you know, <laughs> we're we're prepping you for your your warm up here. I know, I saw him earlier. I was intimidated. <laughs> we talk about trust a lot, right, in this space. That, that, and that word, I think, to some extent has lost its value. You know, right. you, we say it so much, That's right. but the context in which we place it is diluted. So right. what I want to do is I want to bring that up to the front, and I want to talk about trust in the context of bad actors. That's right. Now, in the space, we know that there are bad actors, but on every level. That's right. So even though the purpose for which the system and the ecosystem is being built yes. is to enhance the ability for trust to be a standard, That's right. do we see a circle blue tick verifying yeah. people and players established into the ecosystem yeah. to be trickled out there, or are we just allowing anyone to come on board? Phenomenal question. Um, this has been a lot of fun, by the way. Really, really great question. So, so. If the whole point of Web3 is the ability to read, write, and own digitally scarce assets and content, and so you could do to money what the internet did to communications and democratize it truly, then you're entering a world of programmable, composable, internet-scale financial access. So then, by virtue of the value chain, what you program into it and what you make composable will either build and compound trust or build and compound distrust and bad activity. So Terra Luna, in hindsight, everybody is an expert that this was at best financial alchemy. Or FTX, in hindsight, everybody now is an expert on nearshore fraud. But during the rise of these products, the crypto industry was slow to reject the bad activity. So one of the things I would love to see, and I'm, I, I plan on calling for more generally, because this is the first time I mention it out loud, uh, we're in one of these like uh, good actors of the world unite moments in time. That if the promise of this technology is to go where banking cannot, and banking has reached in many world, in many parts of the world, points of diminishing returns, we have a financial crime compliance framework today that would rather have entire continents cut off from the formal economy 
for fear of one black or brown person or one person in the wrong postal code or country making a bad payment, entire continents are cut off due to de-risking. And so if crypto can execute a good payment in a complex market, we can't have that penalty be borne by society and by people. And so crypto, to, be, to really fulfill its true opportunity as a technology stack, does have to carry a blue check mark that suggests that the privacy and the identity of a wallet has been confirmed and verified, but your individual information doesn't have to live in a honeypot database like Equifax. So that's like item one. It's a foundational principle. The other foundational principles is that if you say your product is a stablecoin, it needs to be able to honor that promise even in distress, even in a scenario like we had in the US where the banking system failed. The stablecoin is the digital representation of the full faith and credit of the banking system and the currency that it represents. And so it has to fulfill that function no matter what, even if the tech fails, the bank fails, the economy fails. And there's no firm on the planet that has been through that sort of test more so than Circle. Um, and so I think this trust question is fundamental. We should also acknowledge that trust in public institutions and trust in central banks and many currencies around the world are not worth the paper they are printed on. And so if you want to fulfill a promise, you also have to acknowledge that you can't do it alone. You can't do it just in the private sector. You have to ensure that this is uh, hand in hand. Banks and crypto companies, fintechs and non-fintechs, jurisdictions like Singapore and others kind of working together. I think I want to, for my last question, again, hijack it away from academic <laughs> or perhaps an overview or insight of the architecture and the delivery that you're doing. And go back to this personal opening of yeah. Dante. Dante, Dante. <laughs> Dante. Well, he can't be a legend until he's won the debate. He's just yeah, done yeah, now. Right. So let him go out. Yeah, let him yeah, go yeah. out, feel legendary yeah. afterwards, and then we'll, we'll come back to it. But I want to hijack it back to this point about a real-world use case example yeah. that speaks to you because That's you right. you said something where he said, you know, I want to tr go back on what he said about your, you know, education yeah, yeah. and yeah, everything yeah. else, not particularly to you, yeah. but just saying where we are. Yeah. And so for you, this is personal, and I felt totally. that. So yeah. tell us, what's the use case that makes you the happiest? Is it, yeah. you know people like aid tech making transparency for donations sure. in the continent of Africa happen better, or you know, uh, giving aid to places like Ukraine that have right. a, a lockdown in a system so that they can get donations faster than traditional systems. What's the one story yeah. which we want to all know about personal right. to you that right. USDC so, makes So let, let me tell you that one story. The, um, the treasurer of UNHCR, the woman named Carmen Head, Carmen Head and I have known each other for a while. When the Libra project emerged, one of the benefits of Switzerland was that I was able to interact with Carmen Head in my prior project. And we've maintained the relationship because the vision statement was always the same. If money and access to money is a human right, there's no more better art of the possible example than the delivery of money than a dire humanitarian case. And so fast forward, <clears throat> different company, different era, I've got the Stellar blockchain as a partner. We've got USDC as a trusted digital dollar around the world on open wallet infrastructure. And so at the heart of Russia's aggression against Ukraine and this war of hostility in, in Ukraine, millions of Ukrainians are displaced. Not, not since the Second World War have we seen this type of displacement of, of people in Europe. And what could you turn to to deliver aid and assistance in the humanitarian context 
other than a stable coin like USDC or pallets of physical cash. And what is a pallet of physical cash? It's a logistical nightmare. It's a honeypot for corruption, bribery, and fraud. And it will go as far as my arm can reach. And I think that's the point. And so in that example, the darkest, coldest hour of crypto winter, one of the darkest, coldest hours in the last 80 years in world history, we take deep pride, and personally I take very deep pride, that, that despite crypto being untouchable as a category and as an industry, we were working with UNHCR and Stellar to deliver this project for Ukrainian refugees. Now, I will be personally deeply unsatisfied if those examples are merely prototypes and beta tests. Everyone, everywhere should have that same access, and we should not rest until we make that certain. Dante, I'd love to talk more, but <laughs> I think we're out of Thank time. You. We're out of Thank time. you so much for joining us. Thank now, Thank go you. on stage I'm gonna go, and... I'm going to go wave a white flag go with go Omar. And, go on stage <laughs> and arm wrestle him or All whatever right. you're going to be doing. Thank like, you, my friends. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank it's you been so great much. to have you on. Thank you.